Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for being with us. Happy 2023. We're going to dive right into what we can expect coming up this month in January of 2023 as we talk with James David Dixon, who's the managing editor of the Michigan Capital Confidential. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and welcome to 2023, James. Hey, welcome, Tony, and thank you so much for having me. All right, well, let's get right at it. I wanted to talk about something that we first heard a story like this similar happening in California. Michigan has a bill now that demands that we have 100% transition to green energy by 2035. Renewables only account for about 11% of Michigan's energy today, as talked about in your story. So talk about this story and how we're going to get this done by 2035. Well, it's really unclear how it could happen. I mean, we would need, what, 11 times as much renewable energy as we get now. Right now, and you know, just as it was 20 years ago, Coal is where we get most of our electricity. That's what powers most of us in Michigan. And it's been that way for a long time. And state officials are trying to do away with it. And the utilities are saying, one of them says, you know, 2035 will be done using it. The other says 2040. But the problem is there's not a clear replacement. And we know that solar panels and windmills are not that replacement. So is there a plan (laughs) by anyone about how we're going to achieve that goal? You know, what I've noticed lately in covering this, and, you know, admittedly, energy is a new interest of mine, but I have detected a change recently where when you watch the green people, you know, the environmentalists, they've kind of taken a different approach these days toward nuclear because nuclear is also carbon free. And, you know, if carbon is the God you pray to, then nuclear is what you want because nuclear is also reliable. The problem is nuclear is so regulated and specialized and that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, solar panels, windmills, new industry, maybe you have donors in those industries. Maybe you can steer business toward those industries, whereas nuclear is not as wide open. In talking about this bill, which is House Bill 6524, when I first heard this, I started thinking, well, how many things are made with petroleum? I mean, everything from plastics to just all different types of products. Coats. Yeah. And when you look at what's happened, we had a whole year to see that probably this fueled the war in Ukraine by making sure that the president of Russia was going to be bankrolled. And we saw what the energy challenges that not only we had here, but that we saw around the world. When you saw what this does economically, when you see what this does militarily, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem like we gave a lot of thought. We just decided to become a planet of tree huggers and let's go for it without much thought. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I think back to 2019, No one in Michigan was talking about these issues, energy reliability. But I think about when Governor Whitmer and our Attorney General, Dana Nessel, they both launched attacks at the Enbridge Line 5. Line 5 is where all the planes at Metro Airport get their fuel from, okay? So life in Michigan without Line 5, if their plans had succeeded, 
we have worse energy reliability right now. And we just came from, you know, some of the darkest weeks and the coldest weeks of the winter. Imagine that and your power goes out. That's the world we could have lived in. So where do we stand with House Bill 6524, which was proposed by a a representative from Ann Arbor? So, yeah, that was a Yusef rabbi thing. And rabbi is he's a little bit of a different dude, you know, among Democrats. He's not afraid to go against his party. He's, you know, even worked with the Mackinac Center on some things. So, you know, definitely an independent guy, but he's also gone right now. And that was the last legislature that dealt with that. So what was of interest is that whenever you see a bill like that, it's a window into now that the Democrats do have power, what might they do? And if that's the way they think, what would they do with the power? So they would have to start over, but if they wanted to, they have the power to try it. James, I want to talk a little bit about education when we come back from break. We're talking with James Dixon, and we'll talk education next here on the Michigan Business Network on Media Business. Sanair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I wanted to talk a little bit about CRT and education here. As I'm sure you've seen, James, one of your writers, Jamie Hope, wrote a story about Okemos Public Schools and how they're partnering with a CRT group for mandatory teacher training. What I find really interesting about that is we have that challenge there. And then when you look at what happened with the Lansing School District and the renaming of J.W. Sexton High School and how the school board wanted to change the name to the Scorpions, really without talking much to the students or the community. And they were going through that process. And then you look down in Detroit where they want to take away Ben Carson's name from school down in Detroit. And the first thing I thought of when I see these challenges, if you look at the test scores in Lansing and in the city of Detroit, Mm -hmm. they're horrific. And they have been horrific for decades. I'm someone who's from Mount Clemens, Michigan. And down in Detroit, it's been that way for most of my lifetime. Oh, yeah. And when you look at what's going on here in Lansing, all these tax dollars are going in and they're focused on a school name change instead of taking money and efforts and educating our kids. And I tell you, one of the hits that the Lansing School District really took was when they canceled sports and they cancel in school learning. I know a lot of folks who work in that district, a lot of those kids go to school because it's a safe place. They get their meals. And the only reason they keep their grades is because of sports. And we wipe that out. And I just wonder what the heck is going on when we're focused on all these things instead of just whatever we can do to teach our kids. You know, it's funny, Tony, because the question is the answer. That's why these things are happening. It's not, 
oh my God, this is such a distraction. Why is it happening? That's why it's happening. Because it's a distraction. If you had a failing school district, what would you want to talk about? How you failed? No, no. Let's change a name. Let's take down a plaque. You know what I mean? So you focus on all these ancillary issues. Let's talk about pronouns and gender identity. And schools have gotten out of the education business and they're in the re-education business, right? So when we were growing up, we might've been trained in how to think and how to figure out your approach to this world. And it wasn't about get the right answer per se. It was about the search. It was about seeing that you had put thought into it and effort into it and that your mind was activated. It was about the journey, not the destination. But now education is so focused on these are the right things to think. And you know, when you're talking about the name of Ben Carson or the Sexton School, you know what you're not talking about? Those test scores you mentioned. You're not talking about graduation rates. You're not talking about the ways that the schools are failing your kid. James, do you think that we as parents are going to get as frustrated as some other areas of the country and really take more of an interest in this? It's tough to imagine that. Let's say we don't have the most engaged population here in Michigan. I think that the test scores and the education issues we have, they have a non-zero amount to do with the influence of the parents. So we can't have a system this bad and think that parents aren't part of the problem, right? So parents have to be more demanding of what their schools do and more engaged in what their students do. The old days of, you know, make sure they have a packed lunch, send them off to school and the school takes it from there. That is dead and gone. We're well, in I, trust I... and verify era of schools. You can trust that they're going to do the thing, but if you're not going behind to make sure, you won't be sure and you'll be shocked someday. I'm wondering where we're heading because my next question about this, how do you think we in the media do when it comes to covering education as well as politics in the state? I think education is, first of all, it is tough to cover. It's tough to cover it well because what does it mean, right? If I'm an education reporter, should I be covering state board of education meetings? Should I be covering local board of education meetings? Should I be trying to FOIA districts for what, you know, they're teaching in the classroom and what the teachers are being trained? Should I just be looking at test scores? You could do some of all of the above, but unless you have specific focuses within that, you're splitting your signal. The more of those specific topics you try to take on. And so the problem with the biggest papers is that their education reporters are actually doing too much. We're talking with James David Dixon, who's the managing editor of Michigan Capital Confidential. When we come back, we're going to talk about Michigan Senator Debbie Stabenow and cryptocurrency. We'll talk about what they have in common next here on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. 
because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly talking with James Dixon from the Michigan Capitol Confidential. And before we talk about Senator Stabenow, I guess I wanted to talk about the media a little bit more in regards to media coverage in our state and where we might be headed because Governor Whitmer was reelected as well as our Secretary of State and our Attorney General. We now have Democratic leadership in the House and Senate, as well as majorities there. And when you look at the media in different segments of the state, they have a liberal tent too. What's your take on where the state is heading when it comes to not only politics, but how the media covers? Oh, our media is terrible. You know, I think there's a lot of groupthink in the Lansing media. And I think There's an overall lack of skepticism in the media, regardless of what people are covering, right? And so there's a lot of, let's wait to hear back from an official source, and then we'll write some version of what they tell us. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense in something like police reporting, right? Which is very factual. What happened, you know, it happened at a certain time of day at a certain place in town, right? Everything is very factual in something like police reporting. Where something like politics, I think there's a grave danger in taking it as face value and taking it seriously. See, we view politics as almost tragic and almost shameful. It's sad that politics has to exist. But because it does and because it's not going to go away, we're watchdogs of the people. We question them rather than ask questions of them. Whereas I see so many counterparts who seem to be explaining politicians. So on the Debbie Stabenow story, for instance, you know, we end up doing a story about how she gets $56,000 basically in donations from employees of a firm FTX, which has gone bankrupt. Its founder is in jail right now. He's facing federal charges. He could spend a hundred years in prison. You do that story And then, you know, the only way the media follows it is they say, oh, well, Debbie Stabenow said she's going to donate some of the money. You see what they did there? I had Mm -hmm. a story about, okay, Debbie Stabenow took this money and then took the lead role on crypto. That's a watchdog story. Mm -hmm. They turned that into, look what a great person Debbie Stabenow is. She's going to give this money to charity. That's a lapdog story. And I need people to understand the difference between the two. You can be a professional and still write the wrong kind of story. It's nothing personal, but what it is, is a sensibility. I believe these people need to be questioned and held to account and that that makes them better. A lot of our competitors believe that they need to be explained. And James, when I saw this story, how she was going to give this money to charity, I thought, well, What about the people who gave that money out of their 401ks or were saving that 
for their kids' college and were just looking for what they thought was a good investment. How about giving it back to those people? Giving it back, holding it aside, you know, even saying, hey, you know, the government's probably going to be seizing funds here if it hasn't. Just so, you know, make the feds know, hey, be aware of this, right? Be aware in case you are trying to retrieve some funds, we have a little bit over here. We're going to hold it. You could have asked for guidance on what to do with the money. I think taking that money and donating it and getting a headline out of it is the worst thing to do. And yeah, it's legal, but I don't know. Call me naive. I tend to hold a U.S. senator to a higher standard than mere legality. I remember when people in official positions used to say things like the appearance of impropriety as big of a problem as actual impropriety. I remember those days. You remember those days. Well, those days are gone, aren't they, Tony? Yeah. And James, I wanted to bring up Senator Stabenow as a young reporter for The Lookout at Lansing Community College, which is where I was prior to going to the Lansing State Journal as well as Michigan State. That's where you got your uh, I interviewed Senator Stabenow when she was in the state legislature. And she took me in her office and for a half an hour, she gave me her time. Now, she had a lot more important things to do, I think, than talk to a dude from the lookout at LCC. But she did that and she answered every question and she was just awesome. And then when I look at her today and I look at Senator Peters and Governor Whitmer, and then we can even go on up to our president, you can't get access to these folks. You can't ask them what you need to ask or what you want to ask. They totally disassociate themselves from being held accountable. And we accept that. And that just blows my mind. Well, that's exactly it. I think about 2020, all those Governor Whitmer press conferences. And, you know, she would say, I'm either not going to take questions or you have to pre-submit them via Zoom. Heck, she just had a more recent press conference about Proposal 3 and saying that she wanted her state agencies to have a plan by the end of the week or whenever the deadline was. And one of the first things I'm watching on Twitter, I'm seeing all these people say she's not even going to take questions. She's not even going to take questions, but I'm going to sit here and live tweet every word she says and give her publicity anyway. That is insane. That is crazy. If you are not going to play ball with me, I'm not going to play ball with you. I will write stories, but they will not be stories you like. But the more they get booped on the nose with the newspaper, the better lapdogs they become. It's the exact opposite of instincts. We've been talking with James David Dixon. He is the managing editor of Michigan Capital Confidential. It's a pretty good non-biased news source if you're looking for information about items here in our state. James, I appreciate you very much, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Tony. Happy New Year. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.